making decisions, having a sort of a family culture that supports letting the, letting the parents make decisions and then implementing them as they see fit. I think those are critical. And if a family or a family business doesn't have those things in place today, would that not be a place to start? Yeah. Hello, this is Elizabeth Mower, president of BEI. And I'm John Brown, the founder of BEI. Each episode, we take you into the world of exit planning, sharing the stories, struggles, and opportunities of business owners and their advisors. We'll get into this episode's conversation right after this. Gain the insight and knowledge that thousands of business owners and their advisors have used to plan for the future. The BEI membership equips you with the proven process that enables owners to exit their business on their terms. Receive access to case studies, podcasts like the one you're listening to now, a resource toolkit, and so much more. Cement your position as the trusted advisor to your most successful clients. Get started today by visiting exitplanning.com forward slash membership. That's exitplanning.com forward slash membership. Today, we wanted to talk a little bit about family businesses. Family businesses represent a significant percentage of all of the privately held businesses in North America, and they're just very important to a lot of people, families, uh, communities, employees, and things like that. So we wanted to start with a few kind of family business stories and talk about the places where things can get kind of difficult when you merge family with business and maybe some of the solutions, maybe sometimes things didn't go as well as they could have, and what, maybe how could we have done that differently? So, John, you brought with mm-hmm. you a story about a family business that you worked with some years ago. Maybe you can start with that? I will start with that, and I'll I just add one, one note. Uh, our surveys that we do of business owners every other year uh, indicate that about a third of all the exits that our members do, and I think probably owners do in general, are transfers to family. So it's a very significant part of the whole exit planning world. So right. if you're going to do exit planning as an advisor, you're going to be working with family-run businesses. And in my experience, they're the most frustrating and rewarding of all clients. You can do a heck of a lot of good form, but there's a lot of non-technical issues that can get in the way. So the Maroney family was a client I represented a long time ago, early in my planning days, I, I guess I would say. And, uh, and Tony Maroney, that <laughs> was his real name, Tony Maroney, uh, came to me and said, you know, I've got this business that was an, uh, an aluminum siding business, pretty successful, had been in business for 25 or 30 years, and, and Tony had all of his children working in the business, of which there were quite a few children working in the business. So he came in and he said, you know, I'm getting older. I need to start thinking of transferring this business. And can you help me? And I said, sure, I think we can, we can help. Well, as it turned out, as we dug into this a little bit, it was pretty apparent that most of the kids working there uh, really didn't have an interest in working at all. They were there to get a paycheck, do as little as possible. Uh, and Tony and his wife allowed that to happen. At least it got the kids a job. Mm-hmm. Well, the problem was, and this is something I didn't realize at, at the time, is Tony Jr., the oldest son, ran that business. He was ambitious. 
He worked hard. Uh, he was the one who held that business together. And so as Tony and I and, and his wife would meet occasionally and try to move this process forward, we never were able to make progress because Tony would make a decision. And clearly the decision would be to either get rid of some of the kids that were on the payroll but not do anything or, or do something to encourage the children to progress in their positions. And I didn't really at that time have any clear idea of how to do that. Uh, and so one thing maybe we can talk about is how, how do we encourage either key people or children to perform at some level that at least keeps their job and hopefully grows the business? So right. what are the, what's that whole range of performance standards that I think we'll talk a lot about in these podcasts? But the other thing that I did, which was really not right, was I didn't focus on the one key person in that company who, if he left, would destroy the company or at least ruin the company. And sure enough, I learned the lesson because Tony Jr. left. He got so frustrated with mm. his parents' inability to make a decision. He was tired of arguing with his younger siblings, so he just left. He formed another business, which became very successful. So that's kind of the story. Um, it's a not an unusual family business story, but I guess I would ask you, I mean, what as an advisor do you do in those scenarios? What could I have done differently? Oh, you who have all of this worldly knowledge. Well, that's a that's a pretty difficult question. Uh, I can say that through a lot of through a lot of my career, I did not have a good sort of sensibility about working with family businesses. I had I had no training. In working with family businesses and so what I did know and the things that I would do were tended to be based on just experience and observation which is really a terrible way because we're, to, we're learning by the mistakes we make, uh, right? we are and it's and the, <laughs> the things we overlook if we're lucky there's an advisor who's got extensive experience working with family businesses who's on the team and you can watch them and learn from them and I did that I, I did that quite a bit uh, and they and they were really able to help me develop kind of a, a sort of very minimal toolbox for for working with family businesses. What I would have done, not having been an expert in working with family businesses and not having any of the really great tools that family business consultants have, I would have said, okay, let me see if I can kind of treat this like a, a like it's a like it's a regular planning client. So I would have looked at it to see, okay, what features and kind of characteristics does this have that are similar to other businesses that I've worked with and what questions should I be asking? And that might have helped me had I been working yeah. with them. It might have helped me identify the person who's most critical to the business, ask questions about what is it that motivates that person and what is it that we need to do to make them feel comfortable going forward. So I might have been able to identify the one son as a as a key player and then ask those questions that we ask about every critical employee and maybe that would have uncovered mm. something and i and if i uh, <clears throat> often with with businesses that were not family operated i would have asked things like um oh well you have these two or three people that you that you want to continue the company after after you step off or that you'd like them to kind of step in and run the business while you back away a little bit so that would be a traditional kind of planning conversation we might be having and I would ask things like, well, how do they get along? Yeah. Do they even like each other? 
And that's a question that we ask with every planning client when we're looking at multiple uh, employees kind of having to get together. So maybe I would have uncovered some of the dynamics that were going on. Maybe I would have uncovered there wasn't anything in place to really address the motivation and the needs and the retention of the son that was working there. Uh, I would say, had I gone through extensive family business training, they have many other tools where there's a whole there's a whole sort of um, structure that you can put in place for separating. Here are the issues connected to the business and how we're going to address them. Here are the issues connected to the family and how we're going to address them. Where do those things overlap? What is your role as an owner, as a family member, as an employee of the business? And so it's a lot more structured today when there's a trained family business consultant in place. But maybe at the time, and I didn't have any of that, I still don't really have a lot of formal training. I could, You could maybe overlay if you don't forget some of your exit planning basics. If we don't forget those and we, and we systematically continue to apply them to the family business scenario, I <clears> think we have a chance of picking up some of those issues, and and probably in other cases we did. What do you, what do you think about that? Hmm, that's interesting. <laughs> that's interesting. That's interesting. Perfect. So a couple things. First, the mistake I made was thinking, well, Tony Jr. is doing such a great job. We don't have to pay any attention to him. Mm, right. We focused on the problem. That, but it was really to your point, which is a good point. That was a family problem more even than a business problem. I mean, the business suffered because of that, but it was really uh, unsolvable in the, the owner's minds because it was family. Mm-hmm. Had it been a non-family business, we would have gone to management. First of all, first of all we would have said, well, there's, here's the key employee. What are we doing to motivate and keep him long term? Mm-hmm. We didn't do that with Tony Jr. because he was kind of the heir apparent, but was totally informal. Uh, and we focused on trying to do something with all these other kids, which was an absolute failure. Right. So that's one thing. Is. And then the other thing is back then, uh, I didn't know any family business consultants. Or if I had heard of them, I really didn't know what they, they do. But from what you're saying, a lot of our members work with family business consultants, or some of them might even be family right. business consultants. The BEI consultants. advisor community has probably a more significant family business uh, consulting expertise than probably any other uh, sort of network of professional advisors other than those that are intended to be for family business okay. specialization. So those are the people that I turn to now. BEI Advisor Network has, I don't know, it's maybe maybe 20% of wow. the advisors in that community have some level of formalized training working with family businesses, and, and more importantly, they have these sort of processes and tools that they use. Everything from, okay, well, we're doing comprehensive planning, and I really don't need to just focus on is the family happy. I also need to focus on creating a financial result for the parents so that they can live independently and maybe not be dependent on the children. What do I? How can I use my family business training to deal with that? Or, uh, you know, if, uh, if the parents... Um, you know, both pass away within a reasonably short period of time. Have we done things to really balance out who gets what among the assets of the family? And there's all Mm -hmm. kinds of issues to address. 
So I do think people with training have, have a little bit more, but they're still the same issues that we talk about in all of our planning cases. And I thought maybe that your story reminded me that I worked with a family business that had a, that had a similar situation and kind of a different outcome. They were uh, an equipment distributor or dealer, and and the the father had started the business. The mother had worked in and out of the business for many many years. They were both involved in in making decisions for the business, and there were four children. Because I tell this story all the time in our training programs and when I when I give talks because everybody knows a client like this. Okay, so there's four children, uh, two boys and two girls. They're all adults at the time that I come on scene. Again, I'm not doing the planning work. I'm not structuring the plan for this family. I was brought in as a participant advisor, so I wasn't the lead. I was brought in to, to sort of contribute my particular expertise. So I come in, and this is the story that I find. I don't know these people at all. Out of the four children, right, two boys, two girls, all adults at this time, all of them were owners of the company because these parents had been gifting. They thought, well, it's a family business. We will gift ownership in the company every year, I guess, as a Christmas present. I don't really know yeah. how it worked. Uh, but you've seen clients that do this, right? They just give away little pieces of the company year after year after year after year. And next thing you know... The four children own a pretty significant part of this business. Now we need to plan for an actual sort of kind of retirement for dad. So somebody comes, an advisor gets hired who eventually brought me in. And that advisor is supposed to figure out what to do with this company so that dad can retire. Well, as it turns out, of the four children, one of them is incredibly active in the business very motivated, very driven and ambitious individual, has really done quite a lot to grow the company, has a lot of ideas about the future, not really interested in working that hard for the benefit of the siblings. Really? Shocking, yeah. I know. Hmm. So they come in, but all the siblings own part of the company that they didn't work for and they didn't have to do anything for it. So the, the problem is that oldest son, number one child, working in the company, running the business now, doesn't want his efforts to be for the benefit of the other siblings. And kind of the parents start to agree, maybe we made a mistake and we did all this gifting, mm -hmm. these other people own, but we have certain other kind of assets in the family. But of course, the business is the largest one, as it often is. So trying to decide what to do with that. And I, and I, and I sort of describe these four children in the way that lots of business owners and advisors recognize. And if, if you're a business owner listening to this podcast and this describes you, it's okay. We've worked with lots of these clients before. If you're an advisor, you'll see this pattern. Oldest, oldest child is a son. Uh, it doesn't have to be a son, but the oldest child, driven, ambitious, very focused, works very hard, extremely good work ethic, has really done quite a lot to, to move the business forward in the last 10, 15 years, but has been working there on and off, you know, on and off and then permanently since, since high school. Second, second child is also a son in and out of treatment centers, drug and alcohol problems, crashes cars, apparently, sort of runs them into inanimate objects and posts yeah, and things like that. Good. We've seen, we've seen that before. Uh, third child is a daughter who has, she and her husband make very bad financial decisions. They are constantly on the brink of financial disaster. 
They have, you know, pulled all of the money out of their retirement funds, made bad investments, lost everything already. They're adults, but they're not, they're not advanced. They're not mature. They make, they make very bad decisions and are constantly sort of in crisis. Fourth child is a daughter. She's also married. She has moved very far away and doesn't interact much with the rest of the family. So, typical family. Have I you think. seen this yeah, pattern before? Typical, yeah. If there's four children, I can tell you that three of them will fit one of those patterns. And it's because this is what our families, this is what real families look like. But when you layer on top of it a business and everybody's owning and everybody wants their peace and everybody feels, not everybody, maybe the child who moved far away doesn't, but people have an entitlement. This is part, the part of this is mine. What about mine? What do I get? I've seen it so many times. And the project, which is really too involved to describe here, but the project was really to say, what do we do with the circumstances that we've created for ourselves? What do we do with the family dynamics here? How do we get this son in line to stay with the company? And in my story, the son ended up being able to stay. So we were able to do planning that helped him out. And so what I learned from that situation was to watch everybody try to figure out what everybody's motivations are and who we're trying to serve and, and how we're going to preserve the holidays and then use my technical skills, which I were pretty advanced even though I didn't have family business training, to try and apply what I know to solving those problems. Yeah. So even though I didn't have a lot of family business training, I think my skills in looking at the whole picture and saying, okay, what am I trying to accomplish? What are the goals of this owner who in this case was a mom and dad team and what are the interests and the needs and the motivations of the other people involved, which turned out to be the children, some of whom worked in the company, some didn't. And how can I balance all of those things and use my tools in the toolbox to accomplish growing the value of the company, uh, future ownership of the company, fairness uh, among the children, and try to put all of those things together in a, in a, sort of a package or a combination that would balance out. So what I learned from that family was to don't take my eye off the ball, or maybe there's lots of balls kind of being thrown all around and you have to try to watch all of them. So both these stories are pretty similar. Right. Slightly different outcomes, Slightly though. Different, different outcomes. Different out because you, the advisors were involved soon enough in your situation uh, to make a difference, I think. I think by that time, maybe, maybe right. I really got into it. There was the battle lines were were drawn, and and the parents would make a decision in my situation. Mm. And I'm not sure I could have done anything to force that decision. But it sounds like in your with your clients, ultimately the parents were able to make some decisions. They were, and you might be right, making decisions having a f sort of a family culture that supports letting the, letting the parents make decisions and then implementing them as they see fit. I think those are critical. And if a family or a family business doesn't have those things in place today, would that not be a place to start? Yeah. It's just to start sort of identifying what is our business relationship to each other? Well, what is our know, family relationship to each other? And try to start to identify and acknowledge those things before yeah. we... Uh, do planning. You know, I think, the, I, and I see this a lot in the training that we do, advisors, when they encounter a family-run business, I often ask them, well, who's your client? And they'll say, well, the owners 
or they'll say the business. And it seems like if we're going to do exit planning, we have to first consider the wants and the needs of the owners who are predominantly the parents in family-run businesses. And we have to make sure that whatever we design is going to satisfy their wants and needs. Uh, and that, that's what drives my planning when I worked with business owners was what do the business owners want and need? Uh, and they, they eventually have to make those decisions and then we can move forward. And we're not trying, maybe with my Moroni clients, maybe I paid too much attention to these ne'er-do-well children hmm. when I should have focused more on saying, okay, parents, you need to make this decision. Let's go. Mm-hmm. Whatever And whatever their decision is, we go with that. It's their choice, not ours. Right. I think I think this has been this has been a, a good conversation to show a lot of the kinds of issues that family businesses are dealing with. And I think in the future, we'll probably be bringing a lot more stories where we talk about some of the pieces yeah. that go along with it. I have lots of stories that go with different aspects of planning for businesses that happen to have a family component to it. Some of some you and I worked on together uh-huh. and uh-huh. and we should bring those to future episodes so that we can talk about the, you know, the the specific and some of the, you know, some of the kind of messier details that go along yeah. with it. This conversation today, I think what we've learned is that these patterns are pretty familiar. I think that business owners uh-huh. tend said this before, tend to think that they're alone, tend to think that their situation is unique. Uh, what we find out if if a if that business owner will go and talk to an experienced advisor, they will find their situation is not unique, and there are things that can be done. There are steps that can be taken. You cannot do them all at once. Mm-hmm. We do have to start at the beginning. We're going to need some time in order to in order to address the family issues and the business issues in a way that in a way that has a good outcome for everyone mm-hmm. because that's important. Mm-hmm. So. Like these are a good illustration of the family business dynamic and model, and uh, and in the future we should talk about we should talk about more detail. No, I think it's I think it's great. I think what we're talking about the issues here in family-owned businesses uh, are different than other businesses in that the issues are what the goals and aspirations are of the owners as well as then the other family members. We focus on what do they want, how do we get that, whereas maybe in other businesses it might be more technical, like how do we motivate and keep this key employee, what tools do we use, what Mm -hmm. designs do we use, where here we're talking about trying to understand what the owner wants to do and and the others want to do and how do we make that work. It's a whole different approach. And this is what makes family business representation a lot of fun and incredibly frustrating at the same time because you can make a real difference and once we've figured out this part then we can go forward with proposing to recommending different types of solutions Mm -hmm. but we've got to get through this first excellent thanks for listening join us for our next episode for more content like this please visit exitplanning.com.